if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. One of the key phrases we developed between us early on was that we're for each other. I am on your side in this walk in life. No matter if I'm angry or if we're in conflict, the default is for us to understand that, wait a minute, before I get offended, she's on my side. We're just not communicating right. But the reality is, is that she's on my side. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. That's X Check listeners. I have a really special episode for y'all. One that was somewhat sprung on all of the people who are about to speak on their microphones. <laughs> um, Jordan and I are on a road trip from Austin to Ohio, and we made a pit stop in Arkansas to visit Jordan's aunt and uncle, Auntie Lisa and Uncle Gary. And ever since I have known Jordan, he has stood out to me as someone who has incredible depth, character, lightheartedness. He has so much presence, um, accessible and available whenever I'm communicating with him, when other people are, are entering and exiting his field and, um, and in his life. And a lot of times he will attribute so many of the great qualities that are notable about him to his aunt and uncle. And they played a really big role in his upbringing. And they played a really big role in him 
being the man that I get to marry later this year. So without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic over because we are four people using three mics. Um, I'm going to pass the mic over to Jordan so he can introduce properly his aunt and uncle to you. Yay. The crowd goes wild. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Let's see. No, but if I hit this button, we won't hear it. It will just go. Oh, we, we have a soundboard that does cool claps and things. Something happened. We don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. So we have my Auntie Lisa Hello. and my Uncle G or Unky G. I have lots of nicknames for my family members as they have for me. And, um, yeah, a little shit. <laughs> you can drop F bombs, whatever sorry, sorry. feels natural and in flow. Um, yeah. The way. One of the things I'm most proud about in my upbringing is the concept of it takes a village to raise the child. And I think a lot of people nowadays aren't fortunate enough to have that kind of an experience. And I very much was. I lived with and or was in the presence of many different adults growing up that had various influences on me. And when I talk about y'all, I moved in with you my junior year of high school And it was really the first time that I felt like I had a normal home life with, you know, the the somewhat classic mom and dad that were present, cooked dinners, asked me about school, helped out with like fundraisers with basketball and stuff like that. And that was something that growing up, I felt really awkward and kind of shameful at times around where I didn't have super present parents that were at my games and those kinds of things. And well, it was beautiful in a lot of ways. It was also confronting in some ways mm-hmm. because I was held accountable to being a good boy. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And, and I'm just being flooded with so many memories right now of, of some of those incredible teachable moments. Um, but without further ado, I would love to formally introduce my Auntie Lisa and my Uncle Gary. And I would like to start with Uncle Gary doing his uh, talk show host impersonation announcer <laughs> that he started with pre-show because it's really good and I want to capture it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry, it's, it's that sex chick? Yep. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, And now, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Ropo Cigars, the only cigars made of real rope, we present to you that sex chick talking about whatever the heck she wants to. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Nasal and his nine nasty nose pickers playing I'll Get You Yet You Booger You. Pick it out there, Harry. <laughs> I was great. <laughs> Sorry. I got, through it. I got through it without laughing too bad. Oh, yes. <laughs> well done. Uh huh. So I'm thinking that I would like to start with posing the question to my Auntie Lisa, painting a little bit of a picture about where you were when y'all met, when you and Uncle Gary met and when you started dating and as that courting marriage process started to get underway? Well, I had just come home from jail. Perfect. And decided that I didn't want to live the uh, jailbird bad girl life and moved back in with my parents who had uh, decided they were going to start their own church, their own ministry. And so four months later, They opened up their own ministry and I jumped in full bore, just ready to be the good girl now and 
uh, help them in any way possible instead of being a continual detriment to their life. (laughs) (laughs) And the first day we opened the doors, uh, lo and behold, Gary and his um, two awesome and amazing children walked through the doors and he was now a single dad raising his kids. And I was a um, becoming responsible young adult. And um, we had a lot of things in common and we did a lot of things together in the ministry, but we had both made uh, separately uh, just between ourselves and God that we had made these decisions that we were not going to pursue relationships on an intimate level, at least not, you know, sexually intimate, just deep relationships um, on a intimate level of friendship. But we were going to look at men and women in our lives as brothers and sisters kind of thing. And, and as we began to move forward in ministry activities, we became more aware of where we each stood in that commitment to just have friendships. And so we never looked at each other. Well, I never looked at Gary as, um, you know, potential husband material because I had just made that absolute decision. I'll let him speak for himself, but I had made that absolute decision. I remained focused. There was nothing that was going to pull me off track back into old behaviors and mindsets that had been such a tripping hazard. And it took about two years of us doing children's church together and puppet shows and um, getting the kids all together for various things because my little sister and my niece were the same ages as his kids. So there was a lot of activity and interaction, but there was no draw towards, uh, a, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship. And it just really happened kind of suddenly. And there were three incidents that created an eye-opening experience for me. And one was that my aunt got very angry with me that I wasn't dating and said, what do you expect? He's just going to show up on your doorstep. And later that day, he came ringing the bell to pick up the kids. And I opened the door in that instant, you know, that, that recollection was right there. And it was like, oh, no, Gary's my friend. And another time we were at all night prayer and one of the elder ladies, um, I was helping him out to the car with the kids because they had gone to sleep in one of the bedrooms while we were praying. I helped him out to the car with the kids and she turned and looked at us and said, what a sweet little family we made. And I went, no, 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 no. Gary's just my friend. And then the third thing was that one of the ladies at church came to me and said, are you and Gary really just friends? And I said, of course we are. Why do you ask? Well, I'd like to ask him out. She said, at which point my innards roared to life and I wanted to gouge her eyes out. And the next weekend I ran away to, um, what's the island called? Catalina Island. We've been too long from California, Catalina Island, just to get away and be alone. And I know without a doubt that I came home knowing that that weekend something would happen. Something would transpire between Gary and I that would move us forward in a real, um, you know, much deeper marriage relationship. And would you like to go from there? Sure. Or? I mean, glad to. Very much the same kind of story in that, that I had made a commitment to. I just felt like it was important to treat the young women as sisters and the young men 
uh, as brothers and the older women as mothers and that kind of thing. Um, and so um, I had seriously had that commitment in my heart. And plus I was raising two kids alone and, and uh, didn't really have time to, for romance or at least, at least not, not, you know, in a way that worked for me. But I did start about the same time while we had this friendship for two years, about the same time I started to have feelings more than that romantic feelings. And, uh, um, I remember, I mean, even the two years prior coming, coming to church for the first time, I remember walking into church and going, Whoa, as soon as I saw her just going, going, wow, she's beautiful, gorgeous, man. What am I? Nope. Nope. Check that, (laughs) you know? And, and I did and, and settled that in my heart. But then this time it was like, there was something more to it. It was almost like spirit led. And so I spent a long time, uh, Thanksgiving was coming up and, and it happened to be the same weekend that Lisa went to Catalina, Mm -hmm. um, to, to really pray through and think through all of this. I, at the same time, my place to go to, to really, really see God was Huntington beach. And, and I would walk along the cliffs and pray and think and, and, uh, and so here I am walking along on Thanksgiving weekend. So it was a long weekend. And, uh, so here I am walking along the cliffs of Huntington beach, staring out at Catalina at the same time that she's in Catalina staring back, staring towards Huntington beach. And both of us are praying about the same thing, not knowing where the other, not knowing that the other one, I mean, you can't write a movie script that's any more um, awesome than that. And so here, then I came away from that weekend with a very clear, uh, just a, just a clearness in my heart that not only, not only was it what I wanted, not only was it clean and right, for us, but that it was a God thing. And, uh, and really that, that from that perspective. And so if you were to ask, you know, about our dating relationship that Sunday, I, when we got back of same Thanksgiving weekend after church, I said, can we go to lunch? And, uh, and she said, yeah. And so I spent the whole time pouring my heart out to her going, you know, I've resisted these feelings, but this is this and this is this. And, and I'm really having all these feelings and I've really prayed about it. And the whole time I am, she's just sitting there with a blank face. Now this is my interpretation. She swears she was affirming all of my, yes, I was, yes, I was, but because I was so nervous and so locked into it, I was absolutely unaware of her affirmations. I was just trying to get it all out and to pour it out. And then the only thing I heard was at the end of my spiel, uh, or at least pouring my heart out, she just went, me too. <laughs> and I kind of went, uh, okay, what, what next? You know, what, what's, what's the next thing? But uh, that was our whole, that was us dating. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was so we spent a long time just being friends, and that was sort of our dating. Um, you know, we we would go to lunch or something like that. So, how quickly did your relationship progress to we're gonna get married? Oh, that night, really? Yeah, oh, immediately. Yeah. So when when we said, okay, what's next? It was well, I guess we should go wow. home and talk to your dad. Yeah. You know, let that let your parents know going. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. then, how soon after that did you actually get married? Three months. 
(laughs) But it was like you dated without calling it dating. We were brothers and sisters for two years. I knew her heart. She knew my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She knew the kids. The kids knew her. Um, If we went, if we would go somewhere, um, Heather and Eric both, but Heather, especially Heather would run up to her and yeah, would run up to her and jump into her lap and just sit there. Um, while Lisa would hug her and, and uh, just sit with her. So they, nothing, I mean, she just would run up and just jump in her lap. And, uh, and Eric was the same thing, except he was kind of at the point where he was sort of, um, learning the masculine things. And sure. so he hung out with me more, but still he loved the affection and he loved, uh, Lisa very much. So it was very, it was just all the stuff you would go through for dating, um, happened while we were friends. Yes, because and because we didn't have the idea of pursuing a deeper relationship, we were able to really evaluate one another from that that friendship standpoint. Um, there, there was nothing else inhibiting or filtering or coloring, mm-hmm. you know, what we saw in each other. Mm. So I have to ask. And you can totally say you don't want to answer this, but I think everybody slash I know the answer to it. You had not been sexually intimate before marriage. No. So only, only got to figure that part out after. Yes. I mean, we, we terrifying to me. (laughs) (laughs) We we kissed a lot. (laughs) So at least you knew that there was like some there. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh yes. We were not, we, we, Yes, we were not that prudish that we didn't feel one okay. another. Sounds like some <laughs> heavy petting. <laughs> so funny. I go to say that and I watch Jordan's body language. He just like crosses his arms in front of his chest, puts his hand, you know, his arm over his heart. Yeah. No. Was there at least an over the pants hand job scenario? No. That, no? Okay. No. All right. It was not. Back no. to our regular program. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was, I mean, we were certainly, we kissed and, and, uh, and kissed, uh, extensively, <laughs> but you knew the fire was there. You knew yes, the passion absolutely. was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. absolutely. And okay. I, I just, I don't want to take this a different way, a different direction, but you're welcome to, but I had no idea what we had in store for us, uh, after we were married and yet, and yet it was 10 times my expectation, hundred times my expectation. It was beyond what our, our intimate relationship became beyond what I ever anticipated possible. In other um, words, I'm a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I was willing to try to keep up. <laughs> Did good, huh? Amazing. This is going exactly as I hoped. <laughs> okay, so really the the deeper question that I have for the rest of our time together mm-hmm. while I hit record here, you know, I know we've got like a whole day to have after we're not podcasting, but the deeper question that I have is what does it take from that early on? formulating a family, getting married. And then how long have y'all been married now? 36 years. 36 years. And if I knew which button on the switchboard made the applause go, <laughs> I'd hit it again. <laughs> but I know, no. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I 
know that for sure was not it. <laughs> Let us know how you really feel. It was one of the first. Anyway. Um. I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, so you've been together this long. The deeper question is, what does it take to make a marriage work? And because us two, we're getting married at the, you know, in the fall this year. And so we want the codes. Well, I'll give this quickly a little bit more context even. Uh, I know y'all have done marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Counsel us a little bit and counsel our audience because <laughs> yeah that that feels like really exciting to learn from y'all as i have so much of my life but in this acute capacity as we're a handful of months out before we get married but first i want to hear uh, your story and how you have found that it makes a marriage and then you can totally yes in our relationship okay <laughs> very early on we were painfully aware that we both had baggage and I did not, I had not spent my childhood and teenage years developing my ability to communicate beyond acting out. So I was really good at being physical, but I did not learn how to be communicative verbally. And there was one point where we and this is all within the first few months, one point where we were having a difficult conversation and I didn't know how to say what I wanted to or needed to. I, I couldn't even really put it into a format. It wasn't that I had a fear of saying what I wanted to. It was that I just couldn't draw it all together. And so what I said to him was, I need you to touch me. And he knew that I was a, you know, a, a touchy feely person. Um, but I think in that moment, he realized that that was a true and genuine key to bringing a calm and a peace to my heart and soul. And that if he just reached out and touched me, it enabled me, it empowered me then to find the words that I needed. And from that moment on, he will, he, he knows, he senses when, if I'm having a distressful moment or struggling with something and frequently it doesn't even require any distress or emotion. It, he just is touching me. He's just reaching out. He's, he's, you know, tickling my back. He's, you know, stroking my neck. He's, and you know, and it's not any touch can always go towards a, um, you know, sexual um, turn, but he's always very considerate in his affection. And so he's, you know, if I need to be touched, he touches me. Yeah. And it's really important to me for her to know that I love her and, and to have that for her to be open enough to express that, to say, I, I require touch. So that, and not the type of just in bed at night, but I mean the touch that, that as you're walking by to just, to just give her a pat on the butt or a, or a touch on the face or just, game. To, just to let her know that I'm there. <laughs> um, and, and to do it with a, with a, with love in my heart. I mean, I've always been one that felt that if you, if you feel it in your heart, if you're pure in your heart, it'll, it'll come out in your eyes and in your touch and in your, thing to other people. So, so my, 
my heart was to let her know how much I loved her. And so I was certainly open to touching and to stroking her arm or whatever. And, uh, and it's, um, really been a real positive thing for us and, and it works. And that goes to the ideology of learning each other's language, you know, um, which has been around for a long time, that concept. And it's very critical and important to the love languages, a healthy, yep. a healthy relationship. Um, one of the key phrases we developed between us early on was that we're for each other. The world can that. come against us, you know, doors can be beaten down and, you know, invaders come, but we are for each other and we will stand side by side, back to back and, not turn on each other, but turn out towards what's a of, coming. A lot of people think that, excuse me, I don't want to interrupt, but a lot of people think that we, that when we say that, that we are for each other, that they'll, they'll try to put a religious spin on it and think, oh, you mean God has brought you two together. Um, and it's like, it's like, well, okay, yeah, but really what we mean by it is we are on each other's side. Right. I am on your side in this walk in life. and if. If I, no matter how I appear, no matter if I'm angry or if I'm this or whatever, or if we're in conflict, the default is for us to understand deep in our hearts that, wait a minute, wait a minute, before I get offended, she's on my side. We're just not communicating right. And I'm getting offended by what she may be saying, but the reality is, is that she's on my side. Yeah, I and, think Jordan for sure came into our relationship with that. And I can't remember if we if we had it might have been y'all too that at some point in our relationship towards the beginning we adopted some of this language as well. And I'm the one that gets flooded or will get emotional or get kind of uh dysregulated in an mm-hmm. instance and I can I can come down pretty quickly, but before I come down he is tr- out to get me. <laughs> Out. <laughs> he is trying to just ruin it all. And I need to take a moment to just let him know. Yeah. And then he'll look at me, like you said, with that purity, with his heart going, I'm on, we're on the same team. We want the same thing. And then I'll go like a big exhale. Fine. <laughs> I will let whatever from my past, the patterns, yes. the whatever that is playing out in my physical mm-hmm. body and in my language and everything and remind myself, come back to my heart, come back to his heart, yeah. come back to the present moment, because we do want the same thing, which is to make a decision or do whatever, but from a place of togetherness and love, not from, yes. I just, you succumbed and rolled over and now I get my way because that doesn't feel good. Either. And it doesn't, no, it doesn't, it's not healthy. And it doesn't last. I mean that, and even if it does, yay, I won. It doesn't last for anything at any, no, at all. And we, we, we early in our marriage, we, um, had a lot of conflict, um, not just a conflict from the outside against us, but we had conflict, uh, within each other. And she spoke a completely different, well, she had a completely different set of triggers than I did. Um, and I had my set of triggers, um, and, and neither one of us knew how to communicate them to each other, but because we knew we loved each other, we did our best to say, to, to split. And that's something, that's something that we, that we did from the beginning was that, that we tried very hard to 
identify our own responsibility for our emotions mm-hmm. and to and to speak them from a truthful place. So instead of attacking her and going, you made me feel this way, you did this to me, um, you were a half hour late showing up to what a what a, you know, it's like whatever it was, it was, um, it was, we, we learned because we had to, and we worked really hard at it of how to say, no, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this. It's, it's, I'm mad because, because I don't know what this means. You know, when you, when you tell me, you know, you, you don't show up to, to someplace you're a half hour late, you don't show up. I, take that as a personal affront and I don't know how to deal with that. And I was broken down on the side of the road with no cell phone because it was the days before cell phones. So, you know, the, but I took it wrong because of my baggage and I would, and I would escalate it for me. I would go from zero to a hundred on the peg meter in, Mm -hmm. in an instant, because in my mind, uh, you just, like you said, it's, it's like, you're against me. You're manipulating me. You're, you're, doing all these things. And, and my automatic assumption was these little voices screaming at me, um, you know, which is a different subject. As we began to move forward in all of that, we became aware of the fear factor Oh yeah, and how fear, you know, all of, all of those little triggers that are being manipulated, those buttons that are being pushed, those are all fears and they're, they're established in old patterns and so the more that we could become attuned to those fears and begin to address them as fear responses, and, you know, these, these are not relevant to our true character and our relationship, but these are fear responses. And we're making Absolutely. decisions based on our fear. Yeah. And whereas the alternative is love. Yes. Right? Right. But to stuff it, that's the deal is people think, oh, well, I have to fight the fear. I have to stuff it. No, that's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is identify it. It's it's valid. It's not valid, it's, it, but that's the it's wrong real. word. But it's real. It's a real emotion. Um, but when you understand that you're coming from a place of fear, you can take that and set it aside and, and say, well, okay, I identify you, and I know it's there. Um, but for right now, I can put that on hold. I can always pick it back up later. If I want to get angry later, I can get angry later. But right now, let's set that over here and let's look at it and go, what's really going on? What's the truth here? And once we identify the truth, usually the fear just fades away. And so, so we um, both realize that, that in, and we're both coming from that place of fear and we both realize that that's not where we wanted to approach our lives together. And so we would identify it, try really hard to identify it within ourselves. Were we good at it? No, not at first. Well, um, well, we tried, we were pretty good at it. We, 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 we hadn't <laughs> developed the we were, tools and we the motivated. skills, but yeah. we were motivated. Yes. That's a really good word. We yeah. were motivated to develop those skills. Yeah. And tools. And something that you mentioned yesterday when we were chatting, I think I've even heard you mention this before and it's around kind of double clicking on the communication stuff and identifying when someone's coming from fear, when this is like a fear-based reaction and y'all develop this mantra of sorts old stuff. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. love to hear you talk a little bit about that and what the context and what that means. Well, we both have, as everybody does, we have a history 
Um, we have troubled childhoods. We have uh, difficult parents. We have traumas that uh, have nothing to do with parents or anything else. Um, and based on those traumas and difficulties, we develop habits and patterns of behavior. And so as we begin to identify those patterns as being something born out of uh, trauma that has created a, a dysfunction in our current pattern, um, we, look, we can look at it and say, okay, that's old stuff. And again, as, as Gary already said, you don't just completely dismiss it and throw it under the rug. You draw it into the light. You identify it. You look at it. You analyze it. You dissect it. And you find that this is old stuff. This is how I can have a better perspective from this old situation. We don't discount it. We don't pretend it's not there. Look, this really happened. I really was abused as a child. And so that abuse, though, doesn't have to factor into my ability to have intimacy um, because that was something that happened here because of someone else and their dysfunction. Now I can choose to separate myself from that. I can use that trauma in, in helping someone else come away from it. So I don't want to completely discard it because it's a, it's a valuable tool, but I don't have to be hindered by it. It no longer, it's old stuff. It no longer has a hold of me. I have a hold of it. And, and we used, and we used that phrase. We came up with it just for ourselves because um, mostly so that, so that we wouldn't fight um, in a, in, in the beginning where I could say, I could identify it immediately and say, honey, I'm sorry, I'm getting angry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm mad. And and this was usually after being mad and expressing my anger. Um, but I would go, darn, stop. Okay, wait, Lisa, that's old stuff. That has nothing to do with you. That's old stuff. I identify right now that that's old stuff. And, and I am not going to direct my old stuff at you. And, but we would, we would learn to speak that to each other because there, because we had to build trust. And if you're not willing to stop yourself in the middle of your anger and go, dang, that's, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That's just crap that I don't want to deal with. I don't, it's not your fault. You didn't, you didn't do this to me. Something else happened that did this to me. It wasn't you. And yet here I am yelling at you because I'm being triggered by some set of circumstances that has, that has brought it up in me. And and so we would learn instead of to go into that big, long explanation of mm-hmm. an, and apology, we would just actually stop and just go, old stuff. that's old stuff. I'm sorry. And, and it would immediately bring it all back down. She would not be threatened because I was angry. I would not feel threatened if she was angry or whatever. And, and it would just bring our entire conversation down to a place of, do we want to talk about old stuff mm-hmm. right now? Um, because we're certainly willing to discuss it. And we did. We were, there were times when we would share each other's old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she would say, this happened to me and that happened to me. And I would say, you know, this happened to me. And, and, and we would share it from a position of understanding and love to, to um, from, a, from a man's perspective, um, 
to be able to share my old stuff and to have her say, I love you anyway, was a trust building thing that was huge. I mean, it was just huge. And, and, uh, to, to actively build that trust with each other by, by sharing our heart and going, I realize you may hate me from now on, but, but here's my heart and here's the crap that I went through or used to believe or this person that I was. Um, and to have her go, I love you anyway, was just like, whoa, man, I thought that was going to be a deal breaker after <laughs> right. we're married. I thought you were right. going to leave. Well, isn't I thought, it funny how the divulging and just sharing of, yeah. of the heart and that vulnerability and that willingness to go, I'm going to share this. Even, even if I perceive there, like some, the creature in me perceives that this might be the, the, the big event, the moment of main rejection. Yeah. There she goes forever. The, the deal breaker. But in reality, it winds up bringing you closer together, which is the definition, yeah. definition of intimacy. Absolutely. Yes. And once yeah. you recognize that, for me, once once I saw that that was going to be the outcome, and that and that trust was built, that became an exciting moment that I wanted to repeat. I want to do this again. I want to share my heart again. I wanna I want to take another opportunity to um, not be rejected. Right. Um, and you're doing it not from a place of if I share all of these things, then I get to pass responsibility onto my past for oh, my no. actions. <laughs> no. so I'm just going to prep it. I'm just going to throw that exactly. out there too, because right. that's not what's happening. It's not, oh, right. when I'm just going to share all the shit all the time and use this as an excuse, but as a means to get closer together for deeper understanding. That way, something like throwing out, oh, that's old stuff, you can essentially skip the big, long, drawn-out exactly. process, tears, all the things where you can go, okay, do you want to crack the door open to this old stuff? Or, yeah. no, 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 I just need a couple minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to exactly. be with it. I'm going to let it pass. Yeah. And and sometimes that's something that's already been discussed and it's like, but you know, it takes a little bit of work right. to rid those triggers. And so saying it's old stuff, it's like, yeah, we've already cracked that egg, but we're we're still filtering and, and, you know, right. cleansing. Uh, imagine f for the individual too. And cause I think about it, cause Jordan and I do very similar processing already. And, and it's mostly for me, I'll go, I'm dysregulated and I don't know what it's attached to, <laughs> but it isn't you. So just so you know, and then that's of course our work where I think, um, not that I want to speak for you, but what I perceive you to be doing is us working on you not taking it personally because whatever I'm going through is very much an individual thing where I'll, I'll try to say, and I'm working on softening where I'm like, the thing that you are doing is not the thing that I'm upset with. I don't know. There's some space in between that thing that you just did and where my emotions are on this roller coaster where it doesn't make any sense, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. So we can, we've gotten to a point where we can just communicate what we're feeling in the moment and experiencing. And I can like look at my body and look at my mind and look at my heart and I just go like shit's happening mm -hmm. and it doesn't make any logical sense why it's happening because all you did was leave the toilet seat up, <laughs> you know, or yeah. that he doesn't do that. <laughs> I just use that as an, as an example. That's very common yeah. for people. It's, Universal. Like, it's not about yeah. the toilet seat. <laughs> and, and you get the opportunity to decide you're the one in charge to decide whether or not I want to, you want to talk about your stuff. Um, you know, me to make it personal. I, I get, if by saying this is old stuff and, and do we want to talk about this? It's my stuff. 
So I get to decide whether or not we want to talk about it. That's great. I'm not ready to talk about it right now. Let's wait a while and then we'll come back together. And when I'm ready, I'll bring it up and we'll talk about it. And because there are things that are, that are painful that you, um, that you don't, maybe you don't feel you're going to be judged about, but they're painful and they're hard to talk about. And you, yes, they need to be talked about, but maybe you're just not ready and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and then that was that was the freedom too with Lisa, because of her love and her expression of love. I was able to realize that that I was free to decide and be comfortable when I was ready to talk about something, and and vice versa. She was too. She was able to divulge past issues, and I was able to divulge past issues, not from a guilt perspective. Some of it was from guilt from guilt, but, but most of it was just from trauma was that this was painful and I'm not sure I can get through with it, get through it without crying. And I'm a man and men don't cry. (laughs) I think this is like such a great example of what we were talking about earlier. I'm on your team. You're on my team. We're on each other's team. And this is to be very clear. This is something I learned directly from y'all. And we have in our relationship where I'm on your side, mm-hmm. that whole mantra approach is so important, so beneficial. And, um, that was a, just such a pivotal turning point for me because I fancy myself, someone who's very intelligent and can rationalize and manipulate myself into believing that I am right always. And And it is all about winning. It is exactly. (laughs) I'm a winner. Come on. I'm trying to win this thing. And I was like, well, if I'm winning, then she's losing because it's the, that's the duality of this game. And that's not the game I want to play. I want to play the infinite game where we all win. Mm. Um, And so that has served us so well. What do you got? Yes. Thanks for Jess, but sometimes I would like for you to lose for just five minutes. <laughs> In all honesty, <laughs> yeah. let's keep it real. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. And maybe that's going to be part of me forever for just like, okay, so at least two and a half minutes. You be a loser and then let me go. Just kidding. Feisty, fiery. Do you have some, a little bit more? I was just going to ask the next question unless you have some. What is your next question? All right. So starting there. That was early in your relationship. And certainly that's, those are things that still apply, mm-hmm. but maybe fast forwarding a bit, you know, 35 plus years of marriage, like what other mile markers or significant epiphanies have happened in your relationship that feel like you're excited to share? That's a really good question. Um, being on the road for two years uh, in an RV, not having a home except the RV being home. Uh, doing everything together, eating together, driving together. I mean, you know, walking together, everything together. And COVID, so, and so you yeah, can't get and, away from each other, yeah. <laughs> even if you even if you wanted to. Uh, yes, when your home is your RV, and you work from home, and everything you do is together. Um that presents a certain uh, set of challenges that can become uh, frustrating and difficult because I need my space. (laughs) Um, But the reality is um, that in itself wasn't that big a deal. Um, 
it's incredible to me how the, the early steps that we took really cemented our, our future and the things that we have had to deal with since then have been to me really on the surface. I can't think of something truly profound that was like, Oh wow. You know, at this particular point, we really, um, you know, had to work through and overcome, um, really what we've had to work through and overcome has, has continued to be more about outside things, external things. Um, we, I spent 15 years, uh, teaching at the jail, uh, uh, working with women in recovery. Um, we had a home for five years. We allowed women to come directly from jail and recovery centers into our home to mentor them. And, you know, all of those things could present drastic, um, uh, strain on relationships. And yet, you know, we've got eight women living with us and, you know, they're bringing all of their psychosis and craziness. And yet our relationship is just knitting and together more and more and more and more. And till we're actually, you know, like really moving as one and going back to the 15 years working with people in, in actually going into the jails for the last couple of years, we were teaching our own program and we would come in and team teach together and just having a beautiful back and forth learning and, and not really having to learn how to um, team teach and, and, and share the microphone, <laughs> but and thank you for not making us share right now. We each have our own. <laughs> it isn't fun sharing a microphone, especially for two, for us two who are both personalities. Yes. We're just going to hover both in Strong. front of it. Yeah. Um, so I can't, I don't know if you can think of a particular instance that really challenged us, but. No, you actually, you actually clicked on it. Was that, was it, I would say what you learn in the beginning and the skills that you develop in the beginning, don't think that you ever outgrow those skills because you, you use them forever. And, and for me, it's a commitment of personal growth more than it is. Um, like, you know, gosh, you mentioned that we do, that we've done marriage counseling and, and, and premarital counseling. And yeah. Um, and you would not believe how many times a couple would come in and and the wife would go, you need to fix him. <laughs> and the, or the husband would say, she's this and this and you need to fix her. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, OK, first five minutes and we're already on the wrong foot because this isn't about me fixing you or fixing him. It's about you learning how to fix you and learning you learning how to grow. And, and I can give you skills to help you learn how to fix yourself. Um, but I can't give you any skills that'll help you fix the other person because there aren't any, um, so that's just, that's destructive. And so we would, we would practice that among ourselves for all these years of being able to ask each other the questions that draw out of each other, the the self-growth, for lack of a better phrase, um, she can ask me questions that help me identify my issues, but she does them in a non-threatening because we've built the trust. So I know she's not against me. 
if she asks me a question of how I'm doing, I don't need to go, what do you mean by that? You know, <laughs> and, or, or anything like that. Uh, uh, if she can, if she wants to ask me a question of, well, how do you feel uh, when, when that kind of thing comes up, you know, what's going on inside you when somebody cuts you off on the freeway and you absolutely want to lose it. And, and it's because it's personal. They saw me, they looked at me, they hated me, and then they came out to get me. You know, and it's like, it's like, uh, wait, yes, whoa, whoa, wow, where did that come from? But, but you know, and I'm just using that as an example. Although, although uh, I hate, I hate traffic, <laughs> but but I certainly. Um, she knows how to ask the questions. I know how to ask the questions that are non-threatening. Um, that are come coming from a place of love because we've we've built that and and trust in it in each other and um, I think that all the time we've spent working through those things with other people keeps it fresh yeah. in us. Oh yeah, which is critical, I think, because if you work through something and then it gets ignored, I think it would be very easy for certain things to come back, you know, to to rise up again. Oh yeah, you didn't mean it. I know we talked about this and we decided that this was okay, but you didn't, you mean, didn't it. mean it. You know, yeah. it's like, of course you did. So it sounds like just all of the pieces that you shared from early on all the way to the last few years, the main things that help to make a marriage last have to do with sure communication, but that's a, that being able to effectively verbally communicate one thing, but also being able to communicate with yourself mm -hmm. commitment to keeping the growth and the next step on the path fresh, because you might figure it out in your five and then do the same thing from your five for another 20 years. And then realize like, Oh, this hasn't been working for 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's maybe a different iteration or another level or another layer that's uncovered. So it sounds like there's communication with self and the partner, and then also understanding what has happened, really taking a look at what has happened in my life to make me who I am mm -hmm. and lead me to act or react or respond mm -hmm. in the ways that I act and react and respond. And then what are my trigger points? Pay attention to those things yes. instead of just, Oh, this is just what I do, but absolutely. Holy shit. I really reacted to that <laughs> dirty, that, that sink of dirty dishes in a way. It's <laughs> like, I can admit that's a little, you know, it's a little extra. So, um, it wasn't, you know, when I say what helps to make the marriage, it's like, oh, you know, divvying up responsibilities and, you know, <laughs> managing grief in this way or whatever. It's like you go to these foundational things yes. and anything that life throws at you, whether that's eight women out of prison into your home with all of their shit mm -hmm. or, you know, moving to Arkansas with chickens. Yes. COVID, yes. whatever it is, it's like with those foundation, those foundational things and that intimacy being built in the, we're for each other, no matter what comes our way, that seems to be the thing that leads to a long-term fulfilling marriage. Now I didn't say happy because I imagine it's not pushing up roses every second of, you know, every day, but, um, but sure. Happy is in there too, as well as the full range of emotions. Cause this is the person that I'm going to be with. That's going to see me happy in the most pain I've maybe ever been in, in my yes. life and the depths of grief and yes. my highest joy and my fullest expression. And so what does it take to have a insert all of those emotions mm -hmm. on the beautiful emotion color wheel mm -hmm. marriage? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it it um one of the things from from my perspective that's that's so important is is that we are all in a habit of judging. And and there is a reason why God says judge not lest you be judged. There's a reason. And he doesn't just mean don't judge other people. He means don't judge yourself. Come on. And and cuz I cuz I'm really good at judging myself. <laughs> um I'm real real good at it. And all the recordings that play back in my head that judge myself um um you got to you got to be willing to look at them and work through them and go is this true and you just go wow no that's not true and what good is it to judge myself because because i think i'm inadequate here or i think i'm not able to do this i think i don't make enough money i think whatever it happens to be all the different things that you judge yourself for to just to just go you know judgment doesn't work it just yeah. brings guilt it just yeah. doesn't work and it doesn't work to judge yourself and it doesn't work to judge others. And, and the more you practice that and get that as a root part of your heart to not judge, to not assume, you know, somebody else's um, reason for doing whatever they're doing, because you don't know, you think you might know, you might automatically judge that whatever they're doing is, is, is because of blah, 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 whatever it might be. But you really don't know unless you sit down with them and ask them, Explain to me what you're feeling or what you're thinking when you do this. And and I am not going to give myself permission to judge you until I really know you. And and even then, my position is to say, you're doing the best you know how to do. You're on your path and you're doing the best you know how to do. You, you've got beliefs just like I had beliefs or have beliefs that that are not true mm-hmm. in my life. They're just not true. But I believe them anyway, and I'm going to hang on to them. Yeah. I mean, uh, I use a real quick example. You know, when 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 Heather was really, really little, two years old, maybe she we stood in line in a grocery store and we watched a little kid. Little boy throw an absolute temper tantrum because (sighs) his dad wouldn't give him a candy bar. Uh huh. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a mom, but nothing against the moms, but it was (laughs) the mom at the time because his mom wouldn't give him a candy bar. He threw a fit. Threw himself on and, the floor. Oh, just absolute screaming and yelling, threw a fit. The mom finally went, fine, grabbed the candy bar and shoved it at him in great anger. But but he grabbed onto it, immediately quit crying, and quit throwing the fit But because he had his candy bar. And the whole time this is going on, I looked down and on the... You know, Heather was quite a bit below me. She was two years old, hanging onto my pinky finger like she always did. And she would sit there and look at it and was watching this kid and went, oh, and you know what? As soon as we got up to that candy bar, she goes, daddy, I want a candy bar. Uh-oh. And it's like, it's like, I went, no, Heather, you know that it's it's too early. It's We're, we're just going to go have lunch right now. You just, you know, uh, you don't need a candy bar right now. And, and, and she imitated that boy. Oh, and she, and immediately, and immediately we just, I just, I just kind of went, went, you know, put a stop to it just right away immediately. And she just kind of goes, Oh, well, I guess that doesn't work with him. And, and she learned that. And you know what? At two years old, she learned it never works to throw a temper tantrum. 
And I don't remember her ever throwing a temperature temper tantrum for the rest of her life. Um, and and it, that's a good thing, but it could have been a really bad thing that she learns at two years old that temper tantrums work. Yeah. And then no matter how much they fail for the rest of your life, I believe that temper tantrums work. Because mm-hmm, it worked that one time. And yep. it worked that one time. Yep. And, and I had to realize that, that I don't know why people do what they do. I have no idea what they've experienced and I have no place in judging them for whatever they're doing, Mm. whatever it happens to be. And, and we've learned with each other to not judge each other or to not judge ourselves because of what we're experiencing at that particular time. Mm. And I'm, but just as we've learned not to judge each other, we've also learned the value of communicating with others and helping them come to uh, an understanding of their own uh, faulty reasoning and yeah. their own faulty thinking yeah. and belief system. Uh, or not yeah. even faulty. It's almost, it's almost a, why do you believe what you believe? And they identify it. And then you go, do you want to continue to believe that? It's because empowering. I realize it's logical to you to believe that. Mm. Do you want to continue to believe that? And they go, I don't think I believe that anymore. And, and suddenly you go, they have okay. a choice because they have the awareness. Oh, and they have an epiphany. Yeah. So um, and and so and so we don't even approach it from a position of of this is faulty in you. We approach it from a because that would be a judgment. We approach mm-hmm. it from a position of of let's help you discover you. Yeah. And if you do, then you decide whether you want to hang on to that belief. You make the choice. Yeah. And sometimes they go, yeah, I really do want to believe that uh, the world hates me. Okay, I'm going to keep going with that. And you just kind of go, okay, under it, think about it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. but so anyway, yes, it's uh, sorry, sweetheart. Go ahead. Mm. <laughs> I did didn't mean to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Well, I'll wrap it in a nice little bow here. What I'm gathering amongst many golden nuggets of this conversation is the dojo that is marriage. And certainly there's the the personal growth and the personal empowerment, not judge myself, cultivate radical awareness, amazing. And I found that there's only so far I can go by myself. And it's pretty far. And it's not to say that I can't spend a lifetime always continuing to climb another mountain and sure. then that whole thing. But in the sacred union of a marriage of a committed relationship with that mirror of my partner, they can see my blind spots. And when there's that trust, that love, that connection, all those things, then it's like, we can, what is it? The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. You try every time. And I get it. it. I think I got it now. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you, baby. (laughs) Uh, I would love to transition into the um, premarital counseling counseling segment of this show, Mm -hmm. if y'all are open to it. So the next several minutes or so, what? So then you can flip, flip, flip the script and now you can ask us questions. Yeah. Like maybe a quick down and dirty process of what you might do if you were counseling some young, some young studs and and (laughs) going into their nuptials yeah (laughs) i have a question ah we've spent a lot of time in conversation in the two days that you guys have been here um and the and even in in the last hour the concept of team and teamwork and uh, being on the same team 
it's been bandied about quite a bit. So my question is, what does being on the same team mean to you? Sure. So if I think about it in a specific situation where something's going down and we're calling each other, we're reminding each other that we're on the same team. Let's I'll go back to the example of something's happening. Maybe I'm a little bit dysregulated in my nervous system, that kind of thing where I'm a little bit combative and he gives me the the message like, remember, we're on the same team. Then it's, oh, I get to take responsibility for this that's happening inside of me. Reg, do what is required to regulate myself so that we can come to we can come together from a neutral place remind each other of how much we love each other each other and care about each other and know that together we will come up with something that is unique i'll bring in my perspective he can bring in his perspective and maybe possibly it's not a matter of my way or his way but a matter of we come together from a neutral place and make a decision that is for the best together and maybe what we come together and decide is outside of and it's so much better mm-hmm. and it's outside of what I could have done on my own or he could have done on his own mm-hmm. and so it's being on being on his team means I get to take responsibility for what's going on inside of myself come to a neutral place and say I'm open to you awesome. I'm ready for what whatever is the next piece and that also means saying lex internally what do you need right now to get there yes it doesn't mean go to the other room and take a few breaths and stare at the wall for a sec right and if you do that, that doesn't mean you failed because that's been an internal dialogue for me too, is that if you walk away from this and you need to go take a minute or you need to go cry four tears, then, because it's usually only four, um, (laughs) then you in some way are not as evolved as you think that you are. Mm -hmm. And it's like this egoic thing where if you go take what you need, then you're in some way not doing as good of a job. In reality, I mean, I, I do know that on top of that is the, no, that when I decide to go and do what is required, then I am winning. And so that's like in those conflict kind of moments. And then, um, I, I say a similar slash lighter version of that in day to day too, like to come to him with, I have an idea and I want to hear your thoughts and feels on this thing. And I also, I think it also re- um, trust because we both have different strengths. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I have the vision of where we're going. And he, in a lot of times has the practicality implementation. And so if I trust that I can share with the grand vision, where our train is actually going, the vision for our relationship in life, then I can trust that his day-to-day is going to help the, and the decisions that he might be good at are going to help move us forward. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's been a lot of, let me try my hardest from so much love, understand how you operate Mm -hmm. and then you trust me. And then we double down on the gifts instead of trying to, but you're so sucky at this thing. Why can't you just be better? But how about I just like double down on what you're really good at? And then we meet in the middle with, you know, you bring your vision. I'll bring my, my connection, my practicality. Let me, you see, Get her. you put out so many beautiful things right there. So I just want to elaborate on, on two of them. And, and the one is stepping away. It is never wrong to step away. It is one of the best gifts you can give yourself and the other person. And, and so anybody listening out there, don't let anyone tell you if you walk away right now, you know, run, please run. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You get to choose when you're ready to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really do. And, and, and you take that responsibility and that, and that freedom to, 
to be the one that decides I want to talk about me now. And um, it, it, it doesn't mean you're not on the same team in that right. moment because yeah. even the best players get pulled off the field yeah. for a break or for a little sidebar coaching or something. So um, that's, that's an excellent point to make in the quality of, of relationship building. And the other thing is, you know, leaning into one another's strengths because no team, no two team members have the exact same abilities. And, and so a lot of times we think that being on the same team or people have the concept of being on the same team, meaning, you know, more than that, you're on my side, you're in agreement with me. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. That's not true. And, and so what you said about coming from a place of neutrality and, and being willing to set aside your own, your own opinion or your own gift, giftings in that moment, your own strength in that moment, in order to really fully be able to hear and appreciate the other person's strength and, and gifting. Um, it's, it's critical and it's, mm. and it's key to really coming together and moving forward. Mm, thank and you. If I made the, one of the things too, is, that is if you observe a sports team, one of the things that that every sports team really desires to do is move as one. And when you look at a team that is really clicking and you go, man, look at those guys. They're just, they're moving as one or look at that team or that we were just watching women's soccer and to just, to just watch a real soccer team move as one, you just go, they, they're unbeatable at this time. Um, uh, basketball, whatever else. It's amazing. As, as a husband and wife works through their process, they actually, at some point, can actually start not being a team but being one. And there's a there's a oneness that comes into it, and and uh, and you just go, it's not me or you, it's us. It's not. It's not. It's it's not even at the point of. Because you're with me, your strengths help me in my strengths. And, and our, our strengths together can really accomplish something phenomenal. And, and so that oneness is just such a really big deal um, uh, to me. That concept of oneness is such a big deal. Um, um, you know, yeah, I love the, the team concept too. I mean, you know, I played sports my whole young life but but um but to me the real the real interesting part of 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 the possibility of the oneness of each other is pretty phenomenal it's yes, it's it pretty uh, pretty cool um, love that besides biblical <laughs> <laughs> and so i can totally answer the team question i feel like we got it pretty good but do you want to hear from me if you have something more to offer not really yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the sports thing, but then it came up organically. And I'll just say that, you know, there's a ball hog that gets in a basketball uh, context, gets 60 points and the team still loses the fucking game. Then it's like, cool. He can be prideful about having 60 points, but his team lost. Right. So to me, teamwork makes dream work. Right. It's like our um, relationship coach, Annie Lala, with the backpack. You take turns with the backpack mm -hmm. you take it with like both, both parties have their their work in the backpack. Yeah. And then occasionally I take yours for you too, because you can't possibly take it anymore. And that's, that's what I do for you for our relationship. It's like that analogy of climbing the mountain. And once you've like given it all you got, you drop it, I pick it up. That's the team. Yeah.
Wilson. And along the path, we realize our backpack is filled with rocks. <laughs> Why do we even care in these damn rocks? I got to take some of my rocks out because there's my rocks and there's your rocks, and I'm only allowed to take care of my rocks. And don't throw them at each other. <laughs> okay, so what's next? If we were to be in this premarital counseling experiment, a question or two. It's been a while since we did premarital counseling. <laughs> well, it feels like this whole session has Almost. been that, even if it hasn't been explicitly that. Well, and I think you, honestly, you guys have done so much work, just the the kind of people that you are uh, and, and embracing your own individual growth has created a health in your soul uh, and in your mindset that I don't feel like that you really need a lot of the premarital counseling that, that we would have offered. Um, Y'all heard it here from my auntie. I'm perfect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wait, 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 I mean, we, wait, what's... wait, let's, let, let's backtrack gotta, just gotta, a little. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Very good. Because, <laughs> because you're already at a place of taking responsibility for your own emotions and recognize, because you're, that's, that's miles ahead of 90% of the people out there that want to sit there and, and say, it's your fault that I feel this yeah. way. Um, no, it's my responsibility to feel this way. I choose to feel this way, not because I want to, but because I have a belief that feels this way, that causes me to feel this way. And and I'm a, I'm really, really a, a proponent of of being willing to look at what do I believe, what what little piece of this entire picture do I believe that is causing me to to be angry or whatever? Um, and and because it may not be the big picture that's causing me to be angry. It may be some little tiny little thing about it that that makes me really really angry. And I don't know what it is until I look at it. Um, and being willing to to explore yourself is such a big deal. The other flip side of that coin that I would just throw in is do not make yourself your own project because be, just be willing to allow yourself the freedom to explore when you're ready to explore. Because if you make yourself your own project, then as soon as you're done with the next one, instead of really, really dwelling in that and allowing it to soak into you, you'll move on to the next thing. And you'll judge yourself about something and you'll go, this is my next thing to work on. I am a project and I'm going to work on this. And, and okay, now I'm going to fix this one. Now I'm going to fix this one. And you will exhaust yourself doing that. You have to, I love your phrase, your word organically, just allowing yourself to identify something when you're ready to, to be open to let it flow within you and without you so that you're, so that you're at the, the place from a, from a, a pers from my perspective, from a God perspective, I have, I approach it from a, from a Holy Spirit led thing that, that it is the spirit's responsibility to lead me into truth. And, and if I am open to it, I don't have to go find it or find my next big thing that I'm going to fix in me, I can allow myself the freedom to let him bring it to me when he's ready, to let it just organically come up. And, and because I did that, I did the whole self-analysis thing, and, and I played that game of my I'm my project, and I took responsibility for it, 
which was great. It was an epiphany for me, but then I made it my, I made me my project and I just got exhausted, absolutely exhausted going through all of that. And that doesn't help anybody. There's a lot of external pressures, um, you know, in a church setting in particular, um, there's a lot of external pressures to, you know, you have to do things a certain way and those certain, and those ways may not feel authentic to you as an individual. And so it's important that whatever um, social group you have, whatever friend group you have, whatever, you know, business group you have, church group, whatever environment you are submerging yourself into, you want to make sure that the flow of that isn't something that pulls you, okay, and dictates to you how you will be. You want to evaluate the ebb and flow of that group and is does this feel authentic? Does this feel like, does this speak to my heart? Does this truly draw me into a healthy place? Um, am I ready for it? Because we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I yeah. can bring in my, my, I can come into this group and I can offer myself to this group as myself instead of offer myself to become them. You do not want to do that. Don't become you do not them. want to become <laughs> like them. You want to offer yourself as you yep. to contribute, mm-hmm. um, to fill that gap maybe, but not to become it. Yeah, we don't want group think here. Um, and that was what was coming up for me in the, the teamwork situation definitely was trusting that if I'm investing my energy into these people that I love, that I care about, whose values um, and opinions I respect, that even if I don't agree with them, the collective has this this goal, this ideal, and it's we're going to come to the right decision. That's something that we do in our friend group that I think is so special. But um, I'll leave it at that. What you got left, baby? Well said. No, I think that this is perfect. One minute and 11 seconds. Those Holy Spirit-ish. <laughs> Spiritual-ish. Yeah, thank you for having this conversation with us. And I know that so many people listening that, you know, we'll probably title it um, after my production company goes through and judges it. They'll probably title it something that has to do with what it takes to make a marriage last and okay. what it takes to make a marriage work. And um and I'm so grateful that this is the first time that I'm I'm having a conversation that even has the word marriage in it because that's coming up soon for us. Right. And we're just saying it so much. I kind of start sweating, Yeah, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that the first time we're broaching the subject, it is with you too, you know, because you. there's so many experts in the, in the field and we, you know, people consider us experts in our own right. And, and flattered a lot of times whenever that language is thrown in my direction or our direction. But yeah, this is way more personal on so many levels. It's, it's family. So it's the, you know, we have, we're surrounded by community in Austin that is chosen. We've chosen them. Mm -hmm. We see ourselves reflected. They are sacred mirrors as well for us to continue living into our highest versions of ourselves. And they're also right there cheering us on and not necessarily commiserating unless I need five minutes of commiseration, but uh, more like I'm not, not expecting me or us to be perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. And we have a really incredible chosen family 
um, that we are excited to raise families all together. Mm -hmm. And it's really special to know that we still have family, God-given family that can hold us accountable and see us in that way too, because that's something that so many people, whenever, whenever I, um, so I, I have these different programs that people get and participate in. And one of the, the, I would say our flagship offer, our signature program is called sex and love Academy. And people come in and they're so excited to learn how to do sex better and intimacy and love and communication and all of that. And the whole first portion is evaluate your boundaries with your relationships and your family and your friends. And if you need permission to let some people go and you won't give it to yourself, here I am in this audio. Yes. Let them go. Whatever that takes, forgive, let go, repair, come to peace, close loops, all of that. And so I realized that in the feedback from a lot of people, they'll get started with the, with the program and going through the modules and go, I had no idea this was going to be this deep. Mm -hmm. And it's who do you need to forgive in your life? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's other people that have done something to you at a time when it was, you know, impossible for you to make a choice in the matter. And, and let's take a look at your friendships or the people around you really supporting you in the way that you really know you, de- like you desire to be supported in. And if that's not the case, then it might be a, a bit of a long path and a grueling path to shed and then go, what do I actually want? And then put in the work in order to uh, develop. Yeah. Develop those friendships because just like my relationship with Jordan, the people that we have our chosen family in Austin, they're a big time commitment. <laughs> and I'm just pouring into them because I love them and yes. I want to help raise their babies and all of that. And so that's the commitment that I have made to them. And, and that was a decision I think that we both made in moving to Austin was we're going to create that here. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it just feels good to be able to tick the boxes on several levels because so many people say, I just, I realize in going through this and working with y'all that I don't actually have that thing and I want that thing. So now I'm going to go get that thing. Mm-hmm. So um, having y'all on the show, you are the second episode with blood family. Yeah. My mom was the first episode of the show. Awesome. So this will probably be somewhere in the fifties, I think, but, um, yeah, super grateful. And I have one last thing. I want to express so much gratitude to the two of you for it being trailblazers and so massively contributing to the man that I am today so much so that I could call in this queen babeski next to me, (laughs) um, without your example, without your guidance, influence, support, love. Yeah. I'm just, my life is very different than it is right now. And, and I want to say specifically also, I'm so in awe and grateful for how you've leverage the incredible values of the church and of Christianity and of God and that structure, but being willing to question it and to tap into the authentic God within you and to say, how does this actually apply to my life? How do I know the rules like a pro so I can break them like an artist? So to speak? <laughs> and I learned that from y'all as well. And I love you and I appreciate you so, so much. We love you both. Very much. Very much. Yes. We are grateful for those two years that you got to spend in our home. Yeah. Even if I did catch you coming in at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And Uncle Gary found pornography on a laptop that he had gifted me. And that was a fun, comfortable conversation. And they probably walked in on me jerking off a couple of times, whether they knew it or not. (laughs) And with that. You covered it well. (laughs) 
ended. We'll see y'all next time. Yeah. Why didn't we start there? We should have just started with that. Oh my gosh. No. That's another conversation. That'll be another, that'll be another show. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.